0: Warning, you are about to see scenes of a film said to be the most controversial in the history of motion pictures. The movie they said could never be shown. In fact, you have read the headlines across the newspapers of this country and the world, and you have heard the news. This is the movie that could only have been made in South America, where life is cheap. It will shock you and astound you. It is not meant for weak hearts or weak stomachs. Because of the highly controversial and violent nature of this movie, we are only able to show you some selected edited scenes at this time. But the complete, unexpurgated, unedited, uncensored version will be coming soon to this theater. Ladies and gentlemen, the bloodiest thing that ever happened in front of a camera a video nasty. A video nasty. A video nasty.
1: A video nasty. 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 Hello. Welcome to it's a nasty world, the podcast all about censored cinema and the video nasties. My name is Ashley, make nasty, and I am Elmo Four Five. As we do every episode, we watch two films from the video nasties list. This week we have watched uh, Snuff and The Last House on Dead End Street. Uh, two films that I assumed were uh, probably very different. We just kind of chose them and. Uh, As it turns out, my compatriot here has noted uh, a number of similarities.
2: Yes, there are some similarities, but um, before I get started on those, just a quick content warning. There will be talks of sexual assault, uh, graphic violence, the making of snuff tapes, and oddly
1: enough, blackface. Yikes. Yeah, strangely enough, in both the films, actually, one kind of done in the... uh, rather unfortunate American minstrel show tradition. And the other looks like Jinx from Pokemon. So, uh, you take that for what it is. I thought there was only one thing that these
2: movies had in common originally was that they centered around snuff films. So that was, the first reason that we we're going to do both of these movies but i of course did a little bit of a uh, research into the background of both of these movies and while these are completely different movies in tone and we definitely enjoyed one better than the other these definitely had some things in common so The first thing in my notes, I just jotted down, of course, both movies were about snuff films and people thought they were real. And then the second thing I, I uh, put in my notes, the creators of both movies spawned their own controversy and censorship on purpose. Uh, the movie Snuff set up stage protests at their movie premiere, which led to actual protests because the movie was being marketed as an actual Snuff film. Yeah, uh,
1: interject on that one right here. Yeah, very interestingly, they, they paid a bunch of uh, kind of fake feminist protesters to go, you know, kind of protest the film. And then a bunch of actual um, anti-pornography, sex-negative protesters of the, the Women Against Pornography went and actually protested this. Little did they know their uh, name would be the their their name their acronym WAP would be the smash hit of summer of 2020 in a very ironic sex positive move. So uh, take that.
2: Yeah, I thought that was so funny when you told me. I was like, wait, that spells out WAP, Women (laughs) Against Pornography. So yeah, and so yeah, and the movie Last House on Dead End Street. Um, had a three-hour cut, which of course you know got cut down for time. But the creator of the movie actually spread a rumor that the um, that at the premiere of this movie, the audience was so offended that they actually burned down the movie in a protest rage against the movie. But of course, as we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, more about is that the f- that everyone involved in last house on Dead end Street was on a lot of methamphetamine so that is to be taken with a grain of salt of course and what also added what definitely added to the lore is that they used um fake names for everyone involved including, the director, the writer, so everyone who's credited in the credits were unknown actors with fake names, so it actually added to the lore that this was an actual snuff film, and there was also a rumor that was circling around that this movie was literally funded by the Mexican Mafia. And for the third fact about this, about both of these movies and similarities, is that these were both actually loosely based on the Charles May. Manson murders and during the time of the Manson murders there was a urban legend that the Manson family was were filming their murders
1: yeah and actually very interestingly because we're bringing up the topic of snuff films which uh will be something we are going to end up discussing in later episodes also because a number of these kind of actually because one of these films uh snuff uh kind of kick-started the entire uh phenomena of the snuff film and it was brought up. Now, as we did a little bit of light research into this, just like the phenomena of snuff films, there's examples of it happening a little bit early or the rumored examples of it happening a little bit earlier in history, but it was in a uh, 1971 uh, book about the Manson family that included an unsubstantiated rumor, uh, completely unsourced that they were filming them, that they're filming some of their murders, which yeah, completely unsourced. Uh, there's no evidence to support that whatsoever. In fact, there's no evidence to support um, snuff films ever existing. Uh, you know, yeah, that being a film, distri- a film that features death and torture, uh, real unsimulated death and torture that was distributed for commercial gain. Uh, to the best of our knowledge, uh, those have never existed. So just I want to get that out of the way. It was completely an urban legend that just blown up, frankly, by movies like this. And yes, Snuff was the film that really kicked off this trend and really started the whole, you know, brought the idea into the popular imagination that these films were something that were possibly real and floating out there in the ether.
2: Yeah, and I think it's very strange that anyone would think that the Manson family were filming their murders, but if you know anything about the background of the crimes itself, which we won't talk about too much here, but they were, they were, like, poor, like... They they were were
1: dirt poor hippies who were living on a fucking ranch outside of Death Valley. They didn't have plumbing.
2: Yeah, they used to regularly dumpster dive to feed themselves. They were petty thieves before they were murderers. Like, it doesn't... The whole idea just seems so silly to me that anyone thought that this was a thing that was actually happening.
1: Yeah. So, uh, it, in, I, this is kind of interesting because, frankly, I think, at least with one of these films, uh, Snuff, let's be honest, you're Snuff, uh there's not actually that much to talk about in the film itself uh it's more the the background information and kind of story around the film is a bit more interesting than the film itself uh because yeah let's kind of get into it a bit uh snuff is it was largely shot in argentina and under a different name, it was filmed in 1971, even though the film itself was released in 76. Uh, it was, you know, much more based around the Manson murders. Uh, but to be fair, th- this plot is incredibly loose. It is extremely difficult to tell what the hell is happening at any given time. There's still kind of like an entertaining nature to some of it, because it's really badly dubbed because most of the actors couldn't speak English. Uh, and but then the movie just got shelved it either had it's it's a little bit hard to figure out exactly what happened but it either had an extremely limited release in 1971 and then was withdrawn or simply was not shown at all and then was shelved for several years until one of the producers uh you know allegedly read an article about uh the poten- potentially snuff films being made somewhere in South America and figured hey We got this film that's kind of like a Manson murder thing. It's been, it was shot in Argentina. And, you know, here's this whole thing about, you know, South American snuff films. Well, you know what? Let me hire another director. We'll shoot a fake snuff film scene and then awkwardly tack it on to the end of this film that has, frankly, nothing to do with the rest of it.
2: Yeah, it's very phoned in there and it's cut very choppily. And one thing I wanted to point out is that I saw this movie in high school when I was wasted. I just watched it again, sober, seeing this movie again. This is the second time I've watched this movie, and I'm still fairly confused about what the hell is going on in this movie. So, drunk, I was confused, sober... Pro- even more confused it seemed to make more sense when i was wasted it felt more linear and like it had an actual plot while i was wasted
1: i mean there seems to be well i mean let's actually get i mean let's get into the film itself here uh actually one last thing before we get into the film itself the term snuff was actually added on to it the original title of this film was called slaughter and then it was re when it was really re-released in 76 with the additional snuff foot snuff film footage shot onto and tacked onto the end of it, they released it as snuff. So into the kind of the movie itself, I mean, I don't really know how much we can really talk about here, but it kind of starts with, uh, two hippie chicks riding a motorcycle, kind of real easy rider vibes. There is a really cheap ripoff of like the beginning of, uh, born to be wild, just like, but that's all it is just a really, lame phoned in version of like the da da na, da 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 but like kind of something along those lines but that's all it is and it just kind of plays forever like oh i get it. this is a cheap ass movie
2: <laughs> yeah and i think we ran into another movie with Whoever was making this was inexperienced on how drugs work. Because (laughs) there's a scene where a woman, first off, snorts coke on her hand, which you don't snort powdered drugs off the palm palm of (laughs) your hand. Yeah, she snorts it off the palm of her hand, and then she falls asleep. (laughs) And although, to be fair, I guess they never really say what
1: the powder is, but it looks like cocaine, but... It's the seventies at this point. It kind of tracks. It's like, yeah, Coke became a thing in the seventies. And then she passes out. And especially cause it's like they're in South America. It's, it's cocaine. It's yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, I don't know. It's like connect the dots here. It's like, yeah, it's like just very awkwardly shoving a straw under her nose. It's just, it's, it's kind of funny. I, you know, I will say this though. It's like she does Coke passes out the other, uh, Kind of hot biker girls you know start you know shooting at her and they shoot her they they shoot her shoot and hit her and then basically tackle her down and put her feet in stocks um <laughs> yeah. which is like uh well, i'm just saying you know hey if you got a thing for feet you might want to check out the beginning of this film
2: yeah but then if you have a thing for feet you will be horrified because <laughs> right. they start cutting in between her toes and as someone with a foot fetish I o- it's like the only thing in horror that makes me cringe is someone with a foot fetish is whenever they start doing bad stuff to the feet. I'm
1: like, leave the feet alone, please. Right? Yeah. But except that, like, they're... The way they were doing it is so weird. It's almost like, hey, we're going to give this woman a massage between her toes with this knife because we don't really know what we're doing and we don't have the budget to make this thing fake cut off.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And she starts making these like moaning orgasmic sounds, which seemed like they were put in there by accident.
1: To be fair, all like pretty much all of the audio of the all the audio of the main film was completely just ADR'd and dubbed over in post production because none of the actors spoke English, so they're just like, or you know, that maybe they're just like speaking the English lines, just like heavily accented, you know, mispronouncing everything. So then, it's like, this had this really, really awkward voiceover that ri- that doesn't match up with their lips at all. Mm-hmm. It's and the sentence structure. To kind of try and make it match up gets very odd and strange. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a couple kind of choice lines, uh, you know, it, throughout this that are just like the how they structured this sentence is just incredibly odd. No one speaks like this.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm having trouble remembering any of the quotes from this movie. I don't it, know if oh, you had. Oh, if oh, you I, I wrote. It, I, wrote I wrote down a couple.
1: Uh, no one can be with me always you don't know the way to... You don't know the way we live. (laughs) It's just like, it's strange. Just rather strange. And, and, And I'm not making it up when it's like, yeah, all of it is strangely stilted like this, you know? And they do, like, interesting tricks to try and, like... You know, when they're speaking on the phone, they try to have the receiver cover their mouth all the way so they don't have to bother with, like, trying to actually perfectly dub it over. They do a lot of, like, someone is speaking off-camera as someone's reacting to someone speaking. You know, it's like they, they're they really trying to do their filmmaking tricks here to avoid having someone speak on camera and having them take work to try and dub it over. Yeah, and... Um... Yeah,
2: and then we cut over to... Um, it goes to an airport bathroom. One of his followers stabs some guy in the back with a, with a big old knife. Oh, yeah,
1: by the way, some Charles Manson dude... Sorry, some Charles Manson dude shows up and orders this woman to be tortured. And it's like... It, it, it's... It's so I don't know, lazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it. This movie is very hard to explain because, yeah. And after after that whole um after the the, the foot cutting scene, we get we get this guy in an airport bathroom getting stabbed. Then we cut over to this this um, lady actor who actress who ends up being you know kind of the Sharon Tate of this movie because it's kind of like the Charles Manson story knockoff.
1: Yeah. It's like, hey, what if Charles Manson was in Buenos Aires? You know, it's like, uh, it's just, I I, I don't know. The entire conceit of this is just kind of incredibly strange and, well, I don't know, uninspiring to me. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And I mean, as far as my notes go, there's, I just wrote blackface and then there's like a long period where it becomes really uninteresting and nothing happens. It's true. There's,
1: there's well, the blackface does occur, the context at least is a, This is at Argentinian Carnival, so there's a lot of crazy costumes, a lot of stuff, and this is where we kind of get the, oh, this is like the Jinx from Pokemon-style blackface. It's so, like, heavily done up and overdone. It's like, there's just a couple, you know, people kind of dressed like that as this large Carnival uh, festival is happening that doesn't really serve or advance the plot in any way. It just seems like they're just really filling time and space with Carnival because, it's like, oh hey, you know, well check out our filming schedule. We happen to be down here while Carnival is happening. Let's get some footage of this. We can pad the movie. It's, I mean, that that's really the vibes, the main vibes of all the those scenes, and just, they just seem to be kind of intercutting the Carnival footage with just other parts of the film. Just you know, and then having people like doing voiceover over the Carnival footage, just like to, like it's completely unrelated to the footage. It, it's I don't know. It's it's rather yeah confused and uninspired yeah
2: i would say that if this movie only kept the parts of it that were actually interesting it would only be 45 minutes at most but there is a lot of scenes that don't connect to each other don't connect any dots don't have any meaning or purpose it's just they want to make this a full-length movie like they didn't know what to do Yeah, they don't with really it.
1: like introduce characters in a coherent way that we understand who they are in relation to other people or what their names even are. It's uh, so it, it, it's trying to track the plot of this movie is incredibly difficult. But that I mean, that being said, we've, we're going a little harsh on this right now. Now, And that's fair because it's not a good movie. So that being said, I will pay it a few compliments here. One, the drip in this movie The fits, the drip, the style of this movie is pretty damn good, all right? Mm -hmm. And I got to say, it's like, and for me, at least my own personal taste, I I typically don't really like uh, a lot of the fashion from the 70s. That being said, this, uh, uh, chef's kiss, baby. Oh, man, it's looking awesome. Yeah, it's like the, I mean, the fashion, the decor, it's like, oh, Man, can I live here? This is awesome. I, I'm, I'm into this. This is, if anything, what I can recommend this movie for is like, hey, if you're just having a ha- like a hangout film where no one's really gonna be giving a shit or paying attention to the movie, and you just want to put something on that's got, like just got some like kind of old retro visuals to it, it's like, yeah, you can do, you can do a lot worse than this.
2: Yeah, and um, the only real big compliment I'm gonna give it is the marketing on this film was really good. Yeah. Like the way they produced the lore and the fear of this movie. Like, cause I mean, I remember as a kid, I saw this in a video store. I didn't get a chance to rent it. Cause I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in a town that I lived in, but um, yeah, I remember seeing the box to this movie and it, it was just, the whole like this movie could only be made in South America had like the giant X rating. The name's called snuff, and it just looked like the most horrifying thing. Like I don't know, it just it like the box of the movie itself gave me shivers. So I would say the big compliment I can give this is the marketing of this movie.
1: Yeah, true. I mean, that's that's the one thing. I mean, that's the rep. This this film's reputation is much greater than the film itself and it really is the marking of this film that that did that it was the way it was sold and presented and kind of left its mark in kind of popular horror culture uh because of that that being said the movie itself is a complete afterthought and it's not the worst movie we've seen on this so far. That still remains nightmare. That being said, I'd say this is, yeah, probably second.
2: Yeah, this is probably the second worst movie we've um, reviewed so far. And in the middle of the movie, they give one of the kind of, uh, quote unquote, Manson girls. You know, we I just call them the Manson girls. Yeah, because they are. Yeah, yeah and so they give this kind of backstory of one of them growing up. And I guess that the father is some molester or something and somebody else comes and cuts off his hands for molesting, or it's really confusing.
1: Yeah, th- Once again, the storytelling of this is uh, almost non-existent and yeah, it's just kind of thrown in the center. It's yeah, it, it's rather odd. It's like, huh, this seems like a weird time. To just throw in this backstory, you figure this would be either earlier or happen much later in the film as a big reveal. But it's like, well, there's really very little tension set up in this film at all. So it's like, okay, well, what kind of reveal can you have? Uh, So, yeah, that's... Oh, one last note here. There's a scene that's supposed to be filmed uh, at night outdoors, but it is very very clearly filmed during the day using a blue filter and then just have cricket sound effects in the background it's just like i thought at first like oh just blue filter you're just being weird in 70s and kind of trying to be trippy yo but then it's like oh there's crickets oh it's supposed to be at night oh i can see the sun in the background okay yeah this is (laughs) yeah okay cool cool dude
2: yeah and so um after that after that weird that whole weird side story of the history of one of the girls. And I thought it was weird that they didn't really give a backstory to the Charles Manson character or just anybody else. They just gave it to that one girl, but everybody else fucked their story. And then it cuts over to them going over to the, uh, to this mansion, which is
1: supposed to be the Tate house. Yeah. yeah
2: so, you know, they, they come up and I don't know if you want to take over.
1: Yeah. Basically yeah, they just, yeah, they, Go about murdering the residents of the house. And uh, eventually it ends with... Uh, was it one of the women getting stabbed in a bed? And then it they... Well, actually, I think this was one of the scenes that was shot after... It, it kind of transitions into a new footage shot four years later by a different director for this the strange snuff film aspect of it that was you know, awkwardly tacked onto the end. Then it's like it shows like it kinda zooms out. It shows that th- this is a film crew shooting a scene. It's like, oh right, yeah, it's like we wrapped. Hey, that was good. And then, you know, one of the guys like, oh, that was kinda hot. This kind of turned me on. Hey, do you want to do it? You know, and so he's talking with the, you know female cast, you know, or crew member, and they start basically fucking on the bed and the film you know, the film crew just like kinda zooms in. They start, you know, watching it's like, oh, okay, I guess this is gonna turn into a porno. And then he proceeds to you know kind of kill and torture dismember her in you know it's like where it's like oh okay this is interesting they put some they put a little bit of like kind of budget into uh, try and do some effects like they have you know they off her hand and have a still moving and you know, have it still grasping and moving and stuff So it's like okay that's like you're but but the whole thing is so strange and awkward and just kind of comes out of left field in, in a way that is completely disconnected from the movie we've, we've been watching for the past, like 70 minutes or so that it just, it, it, it comes off incredibly odd. And it's like, what the fuck was this? I mean, it's like, it, it's like you could have had this lead up. Well, I mean, basically the good version of this ends up being house on dead end street. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, it's like, I mean, I guess that is the interesting thing. It turns out, Oh, the good version of this weird movie at the very end of this other weird like disconnected Charles Manson film is oh the house on dead end street or last house on dead end street is the good version of that movie
2: yeah and what I think is really hilarious too is I was looking at the budgets of both of these movies so snuff had thirty thousand dollars to work with which I know that's not very much money it was 1971 dollars okay so i still so it's it's not the highest budget movie but the movie last house on dead end street the they got a three thousand dollar budget spent all but eight hundred dollars on it on drugs and still made a completely superior movie to snuff
1: i mean no and i like and even just like no it's like Even if you're not comparing the films directly against each other, it's still like it's still clearly like a really well shot movie. It's like, how did you how did you shoot this for eight hundred dollars? Even in like, I think uh, was it nineteen seventy? So now we're gonna. It was like
2: seventy three, then release in like seventy seven. Yeah, so we're
1: gonna transition over here to uh, going to uh, yeah, last house on dead end street. And so, and, and once again, as in the, the classic tradition of the video nasties, this film has like multiple titles. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it was, no, this is very interesting. So it should be noted that for years, because of the fact that everyone on, everyone involved in this film had used pseudonyms, um, No one knew who was in this film or who directed this film until the year 2000, in which uh, the director, I think his real name is uh, Roger Watkins. Mm -hmm. Uh, He finally revealed that, you know, and came out and said, yes, I did this movie. And it's like he did it as a uh, student, which he wasn't even a film student. He was an English major, Uh, but he kind of, he paddled around with a lot of the film students and really kind of ingratiated himself with them and eventually decided to, got the idea to do this movie. And, uh, he actually had befriended a couple of, uh, actual, uh, older, uh, older Hollywood directors somehow, uh, including Otto Preminger, who actually gave him a camera to film, uh, some of the scenes with this film movie. Yeah. And so it's like, oh wow, this guy just like really had this drive and this vision and it turns out he had this drive and this vision because he had a crippling amphetamine addiction at the time.
2: Yeah, I gotta say that I think alone this is a really good movie. I've seen this movie a few times like I really think this is a brilliant movie and just really big props to being able to be that drugged out and still pull this off and still make actually a really decent movie. Like it's it's amazing. Like I've got to say, this director had some serious talent. I, I would definitely say he was a talented guy.
1: Oh yeah, because and so, it um, so let's see. So they actually they shot it uh, in an unused vacant building, uh, just during their winter break on campus. Uh, so that's partially how they were able to do it for so cheap, and so they filmed that and filmed it in 1972. Uh, they actually premiered and screened the film at the Cannes Film Festival in 1973 under the title, The Cuckoo Clocks of Hell. And I, th- I believe this was the three-hour-long cut, because there and there are multiple cuts of this film, which this the three-hour cut of this film uh, no longer exists. The footage has either been completely lost or destroyed. Uh, so then eventually... Uh, Eventually, uh, it was released in 1977 under the name The Fun House.
2: Yeah, and then I think it was then later again changed to Last House on Dead End Street with with uh, different distributors trying to capitalize kind of off the success. The succe- Last House on the
1: Left, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, off of uh, Wes Craven's horror classic, The Last House on the Left. Yes, yeah,
1: so in 79, it was released again under a different distributor, and they changed the title of it. And then that's really when the name stuck and this was you know this kind of became the film we remember now
2: yeah so i guess we've i think we've covered some pretty good bases yeah, do we so, want to get started on what this movie's about and what happens yeah
1: so you know this film is interesting too because it's a little bit hard i mean this has a blip, little bit more of a concrete plot but the whole thing is, is has this kind of rather i don't want to say dreamlike but it's it's this rather surrealistic kind of film that they kind of, I don't know. It, it, it's, it feels slightly unmoored in a way that's intentional in a way that it's supposed to kind of keep you off balance and keep you uncomfortable. Uh, not just in its content, but in, in that it gives you very little to hold on to.
2: Yeah. I would say like there's scenes where there's like a bunch of voices talking over other things happening it's, it can be very disorienting. They tweak with the music in a way that's very unnerving. And yeah, there there is this kind of nightmarish kind of... Yes. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like you're in a nightmare. Like you're just kind of watching these bad things just kind of happening around you. And when I watch this movie, I get this sort of sense of horrible things are going to happen and there's nothing me or any human being on earth can do, which is it's set up the tension. Absolutely perfect in my opinion.
1: So I guess, uh, the actual plot of this, there's a, uh, a recent, uh, convict, uh, who's uh, played by the director, uh, Roger Watkins, who looks remarkably like Bill Hader. <laughs> yeah, I had it. Yeah.
2: You, you had me uh, look at a uh, picture of Bill Hader, and I was like, oh my God, he really does, because the first time I saw it, I was like, he kind of looks like Jack Black, but now that you had me Google he looks more like Bill Hader than he does Jack Black. I, like, when I first saw it, I was like, he kind of looks like a little bit like a young Jack Black, but you have thoroughly changed my opinion on that.
1: Yeah, yeah, so it's, yeah, so yeah, the guy who just, like, I'm, I might just refer to him as Bill Hader throughout the film just because he, he honestly just looks, looks like Bill Hader with big sideburns um, <laughs> but yeah it seems like he's, a re, he's recently gotten out of prison and he seems to just be this kind of seedy low life kind of guy who's like okay I'm out of jail now come on back on the beat back you know it's like let me get back on my bullshit and just like you know go out doing what I do best like being a scuzzy guy and like trying to get money any way I can
2: yeah and one scene that's kind of subtle but really unnerving is just, like, mid-conversation, they just kind of cut to a slaughterhouse scene of, like, cows getting cut open and, like, the grainy film really just makes made makes me feel really uneasy while it's happening yeah and sometimes they have this thing where people will will be having a conversation and they'll flash they'll show flashes of kills that happen later in the movie but they're like talking over it but it's like very quick and it's just really unnerving
1: yeah no the the film you know from like the first shots of the film it really kind of establishes this this rather eerie like this this eerie emptiness of, of quality to it just like these people walking in this strange snowy place that's almost abandoned and like there's there's few signs of life and other people around just kind of this strange decaying kind of semi-industrial landscape around they, they really kind of adds this kind of semi-nightmarish quality about the whole thing and it's, you know it seems like he's uh, so this guy, I think Terry is his actual name in the film, uh, kind of is going around to these various people. seems like he's kind of connecting up with some seedy porn producers and, yeah, think... and kind of trying to see like, okay, you know, it's kind of alluded to the fact that he may have, you know, shot and, you know, he may have shot porn before he went to jail and, you know, now he's going to come back at it and maybe, you know, go in Go hard back into it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it seems like everyone who gets involved with this are kind of um, people who are involved in porn, like the 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 women he gets to be a part of this movie or two women that have already been getting into, I guess, gets into sex work to, you know, to survive and get by. So it kind of seems like everyone involved is struggling to get by. And Terry kind of takes an opportunity of, he gets like a, you know, he gets, he gets a couple of uh, broke women who need the money. And then he finds a guy who shoots porn, who, who's obviously kind of living in a, living in a gritty apartment you know not very well off so he kind of um kind of talks his way into getting people who need the money to be involved yeah
1: kind of talks slash threatens his way into it because it seems like you know people have there's always this implication that yeah they've known him before you know before he went to prison and you know it seems like he wasn't the best guy then and now he's even worse guy now and so it's kind of like yeah, you're going to come over and work for me. You yeah, know, this is what's happening. And at the same time, they actually need the money so they can't say no.
2: Yeah. And this, this guy is one of the, and, and he actually does say at one point, he's like, I like jail. It's nice and secure. You know, people are kind of, you know, there is something very intimidating about somebody who just is not afraid of prison whatsoever. While most people are very afraid of incarceration, he has very much zero fear of it. He's been completely institutionalized and he will do whatever it takes to make it and he doesn't care what happens along the way.
1: Yeah. And uh, so I, it's and it's interesting, I guess, uh, and I guess we'll come to the strange blackface shot of this film. So they're at a... One of the porn producers' uh, houses having a house party. I guess his his wife is kind of in some sort of uh, nightgown or you know kind of semi I guess semi sexy nightgown for the '70s at least. Kind of getting ready, and all of a sudden you see her. Oh, she's blacking up her face. Okay, what's going on here? And uh, you know, turns out she comes down like face fully grease painted up, and then she starts getting whipped by hunchbacks like. Okay. Big yikes. Yeah. That was yikes. Oh, that's going to be a yikes from me, Chief. Yeah. I, Yeah. I would
2: say, like, if there was anything I would have cut out of the movie if I was involved, I would have been like, we don't need the blackface. This is a great movie, but we could have done without blackface. Yeah, it's like, I, I guess
1: it's like, okay, we're, we're trying to be edgy, I guess. I mean, I, I mean edgy, I mean, because this film is nothing but edgy and transgressive, I mean, the entire time, but it, I mean... I would say even like it just, it, there's something about it that doesn't quite fit. Yeah. I mean, maybe they just other than adding this, I, I guess, I don't know if it's justification, but I guess the one thing you could say it might add is just this additional kind of just like eerie and strange kind of surrealistic nightmarish quality to the whole thing. If it yeah. adds anything at all.
2: Yeah. So, and then, then you see a couple people upstairs from the party where the, the woman's getting uh, whipped in in the uh, in the living room. There's a couple people upstairs watching this, like, really just terrible, boring porn. I,
1: think, I love I love you said Like, you're trying to sell me on some 10th-rate porno. I think that's the actual line. And it, it's pretty funny because I think the way they actually... Because basically, it just shows, like, a woman kind of, like, undressing, you know, down a hallway and kind of, you know, getting into a bathtub and then... A shot of some very tame kind of girl on girl stuff. You're just, you know, kissing that kind. Of, you know, rubbing boobs together, that kind of stuff. But it, it is pretty funny because as you're seeing this footage over it, you have like the producer, you know, the porn producer slash and then the director of this particularly lame porno kind of like, you know, talking back and forth. The producer is pretty heavily criticizing it and the director is is kind of very uh, meekly and timidly trying to defend this, this clearly incredibly lame porno. And, and it, there there is something to that scene in particular that, that's, that's very funny.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, um, I think, I think it was a necessary scene for the movie because it kind of really shows why people are desperate enough to work with Terry on his, On his uh, ideas, which are very taboo and scary, you know. He wants to do something dangerous, you know.
1: Well, because it turns out that uh, what Terry wants to do isn't really shoot porn at all. It's to make snuff films.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's a part where he said, people are bored of sex. Everybody wants something else, which is already a terrifying red flag. Yeah, right. It's like, okay, well, if we're in the porn business, people don't want sex, then what are you talking about? Then we're
1: no longer in the porn business.
2: Yeah, so and then... Then it it then it cuts over to um to uh, one of the first shoots from Terry and yes, yeah it's
1: the it's now yeah the, it's this interesting footage inside of an abandoned warehouse uh you know kind of I guess where they ended up shooting most of the film I mean just in various rooms and parts of this kind of broken down and abandoned warehouse, but this is kind of a, a much larger room. Part of the wall is busted out. This seems like a lot of the windows are, you know, kind of wall full of windows they are mostly just gone. So it's kind of like this empty framework. There's snow outside. Little bits kind of coming in on the edges of this, this strange, like decaying, empty place as they have a, a man tied to a post in the center. And uh, everyone is wearing these kind of strange, transparent plastic masks that kind of have like these... Uh, kind of minim- minimalistic facial features drawn on them, kind of like with this odd, like you know, red lips, kind of strong eyebrows, maybe a little bit of like makeup on the masks that kind of create this. this very, it, it comes off even to modern viewers, I think, as you know, very eerie and uh, you know, frankly, it is you know, effective horror. It's, 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 it's yeah, those, those scenes are scary
2: yeah there's
1: yeah and then was it yeah i guess uh which revealed later to be terry kind of comes in wearing this very strange kind of greek statuesque mask
2: yeah and then um you see terry i think it's um he he's uh he's he's in bed with um i think it was
1: like before him then he they proceed to strangle and kill this man
2: yeah, they, so the, yeah, they strangle and kill this man. Sorry, I can't believe I let that. <laughs> the most important part of the scene out. My bad. Um, but yeah, so after they strangle and kill the man, it kind of shows the, him in bed with a woman who's seen it, and she's going on about how realistic it is, and then he's like, it looks, you know... I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, it looks real because it is. And, yeah. you know, she's like, it's not funny. He's like, it's not supposed to be funny. And then yeah he proceeds to put his hand over her mouth and starts to sexually assault her it's a very disturbing scene
1: yeah it's uh definitely uncomfortable it's and then there's this kind of like oh is she into it now kind of like oh god that's even worse now it's like that kind of i don't know it's definitely this scene that's done for titulation i think kind of uh, certainly, for kind of modern audiences, doesn't particularly hold up that well. Yeah, but I mean, it's it kind of, it tracks with the guy's character in the film at least. So, I mean, if there's a justification, I mean, I don't want to justify the scene, but
2: well, um, yeah, I would say that a lot of people I've I've listened to a lot of reviews on this movie, and a lot of people describe this movie as pure nihilism, which I can yeah. definitely uh, definitely is what makes this movie even more horrifying is that, you know, it really does feel like there's, there's no morals, there's no ethics, there's no codes on anything. It's just sick people doing whatever the hell they want to without regards to the feelings or well-beings of any other humans. Yeah. It's, this is a dark movie.
1: Yeah. which I also will say, cause there's plenty of movies out there like that, but I'd say that there are not that many movies that have quite this kind of early 70s kind of gritty grainy grindhouse aesthetic that also have are like pretty well edited have a well done and uh well used soundtrack that uh the cinematography and the shots are very artfully done uh there there's so many scenes in this film that are just like wow this is framed Like incredibly beautifully, and speaking of things that are framed incredibly beautifully, there is a scene in this that uh, I am almost certain that Stanley Kubrick ripped off for The Shining, (laughs) in which uh, at one point they they kind of this you know Terry and his uh, snuff film gang have uh, you know kidnapped yet another person another few people and. They emerge from this broken wall. You know, this. You know, first, you know Terry kind of steps out from a larger hole in the wall, and then you see other people's heads kind of poking out through the smaller holes, and someone straight up kind of starts punching and hacking their way through the wall and kind of in a here's Johnny kind of way. So it's like, okay, yeah, Stanley. Okay. We get it. You've seen some other films. Uh, Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I would hope you've seen other films, but yeah, Yeah, it'd be
2: kind of weird. Like, Oh yeah. You know, I only watch my own movies. I (laughs) be kind of a weird way to think. Like, how would you make a movie if you've never seen a movie? I don't know. Well, that's like, you know,
1: that meme where it's like the, you know, guy who's only seen one movie. You know what? This movie's really giving me a lot of boss baby vibes.
2: <laughs> okay. So anyway, they've got, yeah, they got three people tied up. One of the guys, they um they take him to this this room and he takes off his jacket and he's like, "Do you want do you want to see this white shirt turn turn a different color or something then stabs him they throw it they th- he gets thrown over to the ground and then terry just starts kicking him while he's basically bleeding to death it's it's just it's, yeah, it's very it's pretty brutal yeah this is a very very mean spirited film
1: yeah it, it's yeah i definitely agree with the whole with like yeah there is a sense a real sense of like some intense nihilism uh yeah that's definitely reflected in this latter i mean throughout the entire film but definitely in this latter half of the film it's like it they really goes full force yeah and then and- yeah they eventually you know tie a woman up onto a, a kind of a medical table uh they have a large white sheet you know over her for most of the time and uh, kind of begin to dismember her and kind of really and they kind of they really go for it in mm-hmm. this it's like it's like it, it's like it's I think this stuff is still I mean it's it looks a li, I mean it looks a little dated but I, I still think a lot of this still has some serious shock value even for modern audiences.
2: Yeah, I mean they start off with just he he's wearing like kind of a doctor's um get up and he the, the one of the killers and then he starts cutting into this woman's face with a scalpel just several times. And, you know, that would, that's looks like it would really hurt. And then, then I think it's Terry gets the hacksaw. Was it Terry? Yeah. yeah. Right.
1: yeah there's, there's like garden shears involved. There is. Yeah. yeah I think Terry's begins to saw off her leg with a hacksaw. And then they kind of like tear it off sideways. It's like, Oh my God. It's like, there's something, I mean, like they kind of film at an angle. that You don't totally see everything, but there's a certain degree where it's like, they, they're usually used like the musical cues in combination with this kind of like with this upping of the graphic violence here in a way that's like, that works particularly effectively.
2: Yeah. And um another thing that's after her legs are cut off, they use smelling, she passes out from getting her legs cut off and she's just bleeding, of course she's gonna pass out from pain and terror and just is in total shock and then they use the smelling salts to wake her up just to make sure that she feels the last bit of pain before they really, before they take the garden shears and finish her off and, you know, start taking out her guts and entrails it's a pretty gruesome scene
1: yeah, it's, uh, Yeah, yeah. Even for something done back in nineteen seventy-three, yeah, this is—they uh, didn't really pull punches here. So no. yeah, it's a—it's. Uh, it's, I mean, yeah, they're not showing everything here, you know, because most of this stuff is done through a white sheet that becomes redder and redder as the scene goes along. But it's like you know, you still get pretty much the full effect of it
2: yeah and when you think this movie isn't gonna get any more fucked up and weird there's a scene with um uh, a woman she uh they one of the victims they uh is a male and he gets you know and this woman takes off her clothes and then like her shirt and then unzips her pants and pulls out this hoof and then starts kind it's like of a deer hoof deer it's hoof, like a short yeah. deer
1: hoof of some sort you know like has it through her zipper and kind of is like you know, everyone's kind of like forcing this guy to felitate, you know, and suck off at like this deer hoof. And it, like the whole thing, I, I think there's like this kind of like, and there's like, you know, maybe kind of this early kind of pre-satanic panic kind of like, oh, this is some sort of like almost devilish cult thing going on here. There's like almost like this occultic ritualistic aspect to it that kind of like... And because of this whole mysterious and surrealistic nightmarish kind of nature of the whole thing, it just, it really ups the ante to like, it's like this humiliation and degradation, uh, that's happening in this. It's, yeah, it, 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 it comes off. It's incredibly strange, but in a way that is, uh, very effective for the film.
2: Yes. And, um, then the last kill, they, they take a drill and drill into a guy's eye, and then they kind of walk off to, to, into the camera lights, and the movie kind of starts fading out, and there's just a voice that's just letting you know that everyone involved in the crimes is in prison, and the movie ends. It's it's very... It, I think there's a certain bleak abruptness. Like, you're almost kind of wanting some kind of yeah, justice for these victims, but... But there,
1: it, there is no closure, and there's almost... Yeah, it's almost like... Even though there's this very brief narration that, uh, that is supposed to assure you that these people have been put away, there's something about it that feels, I think, almost intentionally hollow.
2: Yeah, i I remember after watching this movie, I was like, I feel really empty. This is a this is a bleak movie. It's like one of those movies that you just kind of like freeze after it's finished. You're like, whoa, dude. Oh,
1: and actually, especially this because they. Are they, now, did they show credits at the end? Yeah, they oh, show credits right, at right. the
2: end. They have credits at the end, but of course the lore continued out, out of being a snuff tape because, well, they um, none of the people were known actors and they all used fake names, which is actually very suspicious.
1: And it, it, to be fair, it's like, and this one, it wasn't like a kind of a thing they pulled in Cannibal Holocaust where it's like they thought the people may have been dead because of kind of the -the state-of-the-art special effects they're using at the time and you know allegedly the main actors had signed waivers that said they you know were not to make major public appearances for about a year uh after the film's release to kind of create this mystique this one they actually didn't know it's like this one there there was just straight up not information out there pretty much until the director you know uh directly confirmed that yes this is, this is work by me. Here's who was involved.
2: Yeah, if you are into obscure um, underground shock horror and if you're looking for a movie that was... I mean, until the internet, this was a really rare movie. Like, getting physical copies of this movie is actually extremely difficult. So, you know, this is a rare gem of a very nasty movie and the British... It was banned by the British Board of Classification. And
1: Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, I mean, this This episode became rather dark because, well, this film is rather dark. And it's, yeah, I mean, I'd say this is like, this is one of those films that I think is uh, kind of like, it's for the people who like, okay, I'm looking to watch some messed up movies. Like a movie that's actually like gonna deliver on, you know, some of the so-called, you know, scares and gore and horror to it. To have one that was made in the early 70s hold up now, you know, in, in the year 2021, I think that's actually, there is something impressive about that. You know, even for all of its, uh, you know, flaws and kind of less savory parts that don't particularly hold up today, I, I think there's still enough there that that really kind of holds this movie together as just like, a rather bleak and uncomfortable experience that is nevertheless incredibly effective.
2: Yeah. And, um, yeah, damn, that was dark. I, I don't know what else to say about this movie. You know, there was obviously you can hear that. We have a lot more to say about this movie than we did the first one.
0: Yeah,
1: no, I guess like, you know, honestly this one well shot, well edited, effective horror. The first one, well, uh, the women in the movie are hot And they have good drip So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, okay That's, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's kind of, you know The capsule review right there
2: Yeah, I mean It says something when The, um, the positive Uh, point of the experience Of cinema watching was It felt more light-hearted when we were watching A movie called Snuff And then we watched <laughs> Last House on Dead End Street And it's like, damn, dude, that got dark quick
1: Yeah, yeah so I think uh, that's all we have for you for the this episode. So I have been Ashley McNasty. I'm Elmo 415 and this has been a nasty world. Stay nasty my friends. Stay nasty.
0: Video nasty, a video
2: nasty, a video nasty. A video nasty, a video nasty, a video nasty, a video nasty. A video nasty, a video nasty, a video nasty, a video nasty. A video nasty, a video nasty, a video nasty, a video nasty video nasty, you cannot rent this, your VHS been deemed offensive, smuggling flicks like we hustling bricks, your video stole, got the plug for the shit, the DDP won't let it be, you might get arrested for what you see, might go to jail with a couple of late fees, movies sales could drive you crazy. At least that's what they said Films like absurd and faces of death So many films, Google the rest The covers themselves got the senses upset Can cinema kill? It's hard to imagine Time to take a look and examine A venue nasty it's about to get ghastly Video nasty a video nasty a video nasty a video nasty Video nasty a video nasty a video nasty a video nasty Video nasty a video nasty a video nasty a video nasty Video nasty a video nasty a video nasty a video nasty